0: Welcome to Tangled Web, a conversation about where we are now and where we're going with the web. Today I'm talking to Tarek Madni Mamluk, host of two tech podcasts, The Innovation Engineer and Tech Review, where he and his co host discuss everything tech from AI to VR to Web3 to the metaverse. This conversation is the second in my deep dive into tech podcasting. So, again, I'm looking forward to comparing notes to help me work out where I'm going with this podcast. Tarek, welcome to Tangled Web. Thank you for having me. I'd like to get a a little bit of background about you. So, who are you and why did you want to start podcasting about tech? Yeah,
1: yeah. My name is Tarek. I work in tech, I think, for 20 years now. I studied computer science at university. And originally, I was not into podcasting or anything like that. I was just a software developer. And over the years, I became something like a consultant. And I went into IT management. And I did all, all the typical things that you do in, in, in a tech career. And when COVID started, this was uh, when I started thinking about all these online meetings that we do regularly why not stream them and uh, th- that was basically the start of my road to discovering all these these media uh, formats and also podcasting and especially the tech podcasting side is the, is the one that interested me most because this is what I do every single day discussing things yeah. about web3 discussing things about vr reading news about what what is happening all over the world and there's so much stuff that that I and my peers keep discussing. So why not live on the air or why not in form of a podcast? Because there are probably a lot of people like me who are interested in the opinions and the points of view of other tech enthusiasts. And so I'm kind of feeling very home
0: in in this realm. It's interesting, isn't it? Once you switch a microphone on, then those meetings where you kind of discussed all those ideas in the first place kind of change a little bit. How how do you find that change? Do you prepare more for these discussions that are being recorded and put out as podcasts? Do you speak differently? Do you find there's a different vibe in the room?
1: Yeah, it's a very, very good question because it totally depends on the context. There's there's a, this one mode where you are not really putting this awareness of being on a podcast into your head, but simply talk to a person like we do right now. It's just like yeah. a discussion between us, and the podcast is like secondary. You're just stre- screaming, screaming, <laughs> streaming um, <laughs> what you're saying out to the web. And the other thing is being prepared. Like I have an yeah. agenda. I want to educate people. I have these five bullet points or that that I really want to be send awareness out, and then. It feels like doing a presentation. Yeah? And now I want to yeah. present to you this and that. And those are my facts. And I want to convince you. And then then you have this presentation mode, right? Yeah. And so it's very, very interesting. And I'm not 100% sure yet which format is best, better suited. Because on the one hand, you want to be prepared. You want to have an agenda and yeah. really present like a great show for the audience. But at the same time, I feel that being very casual and having the audience sit in, in a co- casual conversation between uh, two people or three people or four people might be also very, very intriguing because it does not feel as artificial at, or yeah. like scripted. Yeah? And, and so it might be easier to listen to something like that because it feels more like tapping into a conversation than hearing a lecture at university, for example. And so I'm, I'm not 100% sure yet, which format will be better in the long run?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Once you start getting a conversation going and there's a bit of back and forth and hopefully the internet delay is not so great that you can't feed off each other and feed <laughs> right. off each other's ideas. It, it, it really, like you say, it yeah. makes it a lot more listenable to people. So like me, you publish your podcasts on YouTube. So what's your thinking behind putting out the video as well as the audio? I think this is very much
1: a very personal preference for, for me. I know most real podcasters, they focus very much on the audio format because this is what podcasting is all about. And yeah, having like, for example, an hour-long podcast, which you hear while you're driving your car or while you're working out. These things, this is like the classical substitution for radio, for example. I personally, I was never a real fan of podcasting. I... I come from the youtube world i was always very very passionate about creating videos and yeah. extracting the audio track from the video was for me like the next step so my, uh-huh. my first focus was always making videos because i personally i enjoy really mu- very much presenting things on screen and yeah supporting what i'm saying and supporting what i'm showing as visualization as graphics and these things and so I really love that the podcast industry or the podcast platforms make it very, very easy to send out the podcast to all of the, the available platforms. So this the second step from creating the video to extracting audio and providing this to everywhere is very, very, very easy. And so yes. it, it became like just... It's a must-have. It's it's really a, a lost opportunity if you don't do yeah. this step and generating this audio version of your podcast. Yeah, But for for yeah. me personally, it was always video first because I personally simply enjoy watching these things. It's a lot more
0: work the other way around. Most podcasters, yeah. I think, start with the podcast and then think, oh, I should have video as well. And it doesn't work so well. There's a lot more work that goes into getting the video out than just yeah. the audio. So it's a bit of a different journey the other way around. Right.
1: YouTube just had this big campaign where they said, yeah, every, every podcast should have a video for supporting. And simply, yeah. if, if you're doing your, your podcast, simply put on your webcam and then record this. And of course, YouTube wants to, to have this because yeah. they are a video platform and they want to have every single podcaster on YouTube. But for me, it was like the other way around. I was always first on YouTube or like yeah. on, on this video format. So for, for me, this was the native way but I could really see this happening for a lot of podcasters simply because, like for me, this missed opportunity of having the second channel with audio, it might be this missed opportunity for the the whole video audience missing yeah. this podcast because they are simply searching for information or simply searching for, let's say, education or edutainment on YouTube and they will never find you because you're only on Spotify, for example. Yeah. So I think it, it's... Yeah. it's Either way around, a missed opportunity,
0: if you don't do both. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting, that discoverability thing. Discoverability on YouTube is way greater. Right. Yes. I, I'm not sure. I, I think YouTube would like it to be that all you have to do is push on a camera and then your <laughs> podcast is a video that could be up, but I, I'm not sure it's that simple. I mean, particularly for one-person yeah. podcasts, if you're explaining something and it's just you, I, I add all sorts of visuals to... One of my other podcasts uh, is called The Last Theory, and it's about a theory of physics, Wolfram physics. And I have a lot of animations of hypergraphs that are underlying this physics, and I put those in the videos. But this creates a problem both ways around. You know, when I take those videos and make them into podcasts, then people can't see the hypergraphs that I'm talking about. And similarly, when I take That's the uh, podcast and put them on video, people complain, well, why aren't there raw visuals? And, you know, I I actually get comments saying, <laughs> please, please add more visuals to these videos. And I kind of want to uh, answer. It's like, do, do you know how many hours it takes to create a visual that takes for only two seconds? That, uh, I, I try my best. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's interesting. It's not, it's not a direct comparison.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're completely right. And um, I also have this problem there, there's always something either missing or not enough of it because yeah. you, you have these specialties. And for example, I'm also trying to advertise on tiktok for example like with organic video spreading there not like paid advertising but this is also very very hard to do because tiktok for example is with these short form videos and not only short but short short like 60 seconds yes you try to cut like a clip that is interesting for the audience on tiktok but tiktok audience they want to be entertained within three seconds otherwise they they keep (laughs) swiping away and you you won't be able with your very interesting content that you present for 30 minutes or 15 yeah. minutes to, to really find these small snippets that are interesting enough if they are not specifically created for, for a platform like TikTok to really entertain the audience. So, so it's yeah. not that easy simply cutting 15 small one-minute pieces and spread them on, on TikTok. It does not really work this way. And so I also think if you're, if you're specific providing content for YouTube, some parts will be missing if you're transported to audio and the other way around if you're only focused on audio it will be not as entertaining as like a specific video podcast that is presented directly for the video audience yeah
0: absolutely so you do have on your the innovation engineer channel on youtube some shorter videos like a few minutes long you have youtube shorts as well but you you have the the few minutes long videos which are just you they deal with the single topic and they're highly polished there's kind of lots of graphics and effects in them i really like them why do you create these shorter videos and how do you create them so the
1: why is because this is basically my my passion project i was always yeah. very interested in spreading this knowledge and i have a lot of fun editing these things i'm working yeah. with final cut on on mac and it's it's really i i wouldn't say it's easy of course it is hard work to master the software but in comparison to, for example, these Adobe uh, tools, I was able to learn very quickly to use this in a professional way. And so for me personally, it is, it is really fun creating these videos and at the same time being able to send out my message by YouTube. It's, it's not a large channel. I don't have really a, a lot of followers and also the number of videos, I think it's like 20 videos or something like that. So not that many, but it's really a, a great opportunity to, for example, send out my opinion about NFTs yeah? or yeah. Uh, like the missing explanations about the metaverse or these things. So I have something like an opinion. I create that on YouTube and then I can reuse this video, for example, by posting it on LinkedIn. And so I can yeah. transport my message through this secondary network based on, on this video. And the reason why I really enjoy polishing it is because then people tend to really look at this. And it's not only the message, but also the transport of this message. And sometimes it's really hard because I spend a week or two weeks or three weeks on like a three minute video, but it's worth it at the end because people start talking to me about this topic because I had this like door opener. It's probably not really commercially suitable because usually when, when people say you want to build your YouTube channel, you have to publish like one video a day or something like that. I can't do this in this format. Yeah, but this <laughs> no. is not my, my
0: primary reason for doing this. Well, I, I think the, the format is important, although it takes a long time to create all of yes. those graphics. It's like you say, I mean, TikTok is one extreme and podcasts are the other, whereas in TikTok you have to impress people in three seconds and in podcasts people are listening to it in the car and give you a little bit more time and you have a little bit more of a chance. But yeah. YouTube is somewhere in between. You sort of have to grab them in the first 30 seconds. And so I think those graphics that you put on your videos are really important to kind of, you know, when people see that, it's like, oh, this is visually interesting. I'm interested in NFTs or the metaverse or whatever it might be. Those graphics help you grab people in the first 30 seconds. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think, for example, when we talk about
1: TikTok, it's very interesting. Usually TikTok has a very unpolished format. Um, The target audience is very young people. And they simply use their phone and make like, they they produce a video in literally two minutes for a one minute video, for example. Yeah, (laughs) This was always the format of TikTok creating a lot of content. And what I observe right now is that TikTok also tries to shift into this quality lane and they want to have more quality content creators and they start pushing high quality videos. They are switching their live streaming format now to uh, adult only, not like in terms of pornography or something, yes, but indeed. having more serious streamers uh, on, on this platform simply because okay. they don't want to be like a like a children only platform. They yeah. want to do real business, and the target audience with uh, adults is easier to monetize. Yeah, and so I I see yeah. more and more that high quality content is pushed further, and they they want to mature now. Yeah, and so maybe TikTok also becomes now more and more interesting for me as a serious content creator. Yeah.
0: How do you create those graphics and all the effects? Do you do it all in Final Cut Pro, or do you use anything else? Yeah, uh, differently, very different. Um, for example, sometimes
1: it's so easy to do these things in Canva. Canva as a, oh, okay. uh, on Canva.com, yeah. It's free, or like the basic version is free, and they have basic animations for example and they look great yeah and so it's, it's okay. uh, re- really easy to use another tool that i'm using oh my I, I forgot the name of it but it's like this the scribble tool yeah that looks like okay. a hand scribbling uh like uh, graphics oh yeah, um, yeah yeah And this I is know. a tool that is also very easy to use you have this timeline but i i totally forgot <laughs> the name of this tool yeah uh, but, but i enjoy using it because it's 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 like a graphical editor you have drag and drop and you define how long it takes to to draw this and you can use like predefined elements that are created and doing text and everything and so it's it's visually pleasing because it looks yeah. like this the stop motion scribbling uh, technique yeah uh, and it helps again uh, looking very professional even though it is like a drag and drop editor
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: Other than that, like animations, like flying things in, flying things out. um, This is all Final Cut. Final Cut has a lot of third-party libraries that you can download for free or buy, and this this is really amazing. Especially if you're used to very basic animations that look very cheap. Today, it's it's so powerful, yeah. And you do not have to have 20 years of experience with Hollywood, like uh, graphics, (laughs) to really have this look professional yeah. I, yeah I i know youtube channels of people who are working who are simply creating youtube videos and they sometimes they look better than hollywood produced b-movies yeah, and it's it's so yes. cool <laughs> people sitting at home at their at their laptop creating these things on the side and they look amazing like
0: really yeah. professional movie great animations really no one seems to know quite how many tech podcasts are out there. I, I did try and look on Google, <laughs> but I didn't find any kind of you know, definite answers there. But there must be lots of them, thousands, maybe tens yeah. of thousands. Does it ever make you wonder whether the world really needs one more tech podcast? <laughs> Actually, yes, absolutely.
1: The question is always why you're doing this podcast. And yeah. I think in the, in the past years, this market for podcasts really became... What's the English word? Like saturated? Is it the the English word? Like stuffed with with content. So if you're planning to create a podcast and monetize it within the next three months and become very successful and have a thousand followers, I think this is really, really hard to do, especially because there are so many podcasts. And if you're not having like a media company in your bag, uh, spending a lot of money for advertising, then it's really hard to position yourself with the audience and say, I'm now the one tech podcast that everyone has to follow. I think this is yeah. really, really hard to do. But yeah. since creating a podcast and publishing a podcast is, became so easy that technically all you need is a phone and you can use yeah. the phone for the complete route from recording over editing over publishing, everyone can do it. It barely costs anything and you can do it for fun. And I think yeah. the, the most important thing is that you enjoy creating the, this podcast and then you can take a look at what happens with this. But of course, yeah, if if you're planning to monetize it, if you're planning to get rich with it, it is probably a very hard thing to do on on this market. Unless you really have this amazing, innovative idea of a podcast that nobody did before, but then it's not just a tech podcast. It's like a special, maybe interactive (laughs) podcast or a technology that That only was invented last week or something. And you you are the first podcast going into this niche. But being simply a a general tech podcast, you have a lot of competition.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I really enjoy your debates about technology on your podcast with your co-hosts. So how would you compare your tech outlook with your co-hosts? Would you say you're optimistic, pessimistic? And and what, what are you most excited about in the future of tech? Yeah, this is, this is very funny because I believe we, we both are
1: extremely enthusiastic and this is where yeah. this podcast was born because in the past we worked together at the same company and so we, every day we met on the coffee machine and we had these kind of discussions. Later he left the company and so we did not have these discussions anymore, but we always joked about, yeah, we should do a podcast. This yeah. one-hour discussion that we just had, it would have been a, a great podcast episode and so now that we are not working together anymore we said yeah then let's let's do it what we always said let's do a podcast and have these discussions and the weird thing is we are very very enthusiastic about all of these topics that we were discussing about but we are both german (laughs) and culturally (laughs) germans tend to be very nagging and very like complaining about things so sometimes it's really interesting to see that we start discussing and debating a, a topic that we are very enthusiastic about. And then afterwards, we, we feel, okay, it, it, it sounds in our German way of discussing, it sounds as if we are very negative about this. And we are <laughs> like uh, complaining about everything and we are destroying this topic, even though we are really, really enthusiastic about this. Yep. This was, for example, for the, the topic of NFT. NFTs, yep. they have great technological potential for the future. But when we talk about what happens today on this NFT market and where people are spending money, there's, there's a lot of negative aspects about this. And so we spent like 44, 45 minutes destroying everything that happens with <laughs> NFTs. But we kept talking about this because we are yeah. generally very enthusiastic about blockchains and all of these things. And so, so sometimes we have to moderate ourselves and sometimes we have to reflect on that and try to steer the, the, the general mood into a certain direction because we want to come over yeah. very enthusiastic. But since it's an international audience, we have to cater this a little bit into this non-German complaining way of talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it makes for a good, uh, good discussion. I mean, I think sometimes you alternate, like if one of you decides to be optimistic, the other goes pessimistic. And, yeah, uh, of course. And then you yes. switch roles. <laughs>
1: And for this, I think you need a very good chemistry with the people who are That's discussing. Right. Yeah, if, if you're talking to someone you never talked before, sometimes it's a little bit weird because you're not j- sure, was this a joke? Did he, uh, yes. Is the series what he's saying? But when you're talking to someone you're talking to every single day, you have this very special chemistry. You can throw the ball back and forth and you can make jokes and sometimes even like being like mean to each other. And it's just yeah. funny for everyone, for, for the people discussing and people who are watching. Yeah. And, and then it's, yeah. it's just fun.
0: Well, it's been fantastic to connect with you and to talk with you. Listeners, you can find Tarek's podcast, The Innovation Engineer, at tie pod.com. And Tech Review is at techreview.axelspringer.com. Right, Tarek, thanks so much for joining me on Tangled Web.
1: Thanks for having me. It was really, really fun. And I'm I'm really enjoying your podcast
0: series. Thanks for listening to Tangled Web. Join me for fresh insights into the future of the web every other week. Subscribe to the free newsletter, podcast or YouTube channel at tangledweb.media. Remember, the web has only just begun.